Hey everyone, welcome to the Murder Board Podcast. This is Civil Trials, the discussion show for the Murder Board Podcast. I am your host, Walter, and I'm here today with a full panel. We have Shelton. Hello. And we have Savannah. Hi. And a special guest for this podcast and for the rest of the series, Zaria. Yo, hello. Thank you guys for joining me today. And tonight we are discussing my friend Dahmer slash Jeffrey Dahmer. So I want to start off the podcast asking everyone, what is your overall familiarity with the infamous serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer? I didn't really know nothing about Jeffrey Dahmer until I watched the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know anything. All I knew is like, I knew he had like that weird fetish with uh, animals, like roadkill and stuff. Mm. And that's pretty much it. And then I watched the movie and I was like, oh, this is what people were talking about. But yeah. All right. What about you, Shelton? Um, I didn't know too much about him. I did know his whole, like, his MO was like young men, though. And that whole story about the one on the side of the road that, like, got away, but was, like, messed up in the head. So, like, when he caught up to him on the street, people were like, oh, my God, are you okay? And he was like, oh, he's he's my son. Don't worry about it. And they let <laughs> him go with him. And it was just so fucked. It really was. And our official our official podcast criminal justice expert, Zaria, what was your overall first impression of the Jeffrey Dahmer? Well, I, I learned about him, like, way before I even chose um, my major. Because, like, most people always hear about Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer. And so, going into the serial killer class I took, everyone knew roughly about Jeffrey Dahmer. But actually having to dissect his childhood, then dissecting his adulthood into what he did, into why he did it, he just needed help from the beginning. Preach. (laughs) Like, and I think that's something we'll be saying throughout this whole entire podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel, yeah. Yeah. Before we uh, get into some movie facts, uh, today we'll be talking about My Friend Dahmer, the uh, 2017 film. But first, uh, let's go back around and tell me what was your first, in the shortest sentence you can, tell me your first impression after watching this movie. So I'm going to just say I freaking love this movie. Uh, <laughs> it's not the best, <laughs> but... I definitely love rewatching this movie. It was, ugh, mm. yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's hey. it right there. Sheltered. What the fuck? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like. All right, and Savannah. Uh, it was a very good film, but it was very uncomfortable for me. <laughs> I'm going to get into some movie facts here about my friend Dahmer, and then we'll go from there. Yes. Yes. This movie premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival on April 21st, 2017, but it didn't come out in theaters. It didn't come out to theaters till November 3rd of 2017. And I believe I saw it maybe roughly a week or so afterwards. 
2017 was a really good move a year for movies or at least i thought it was you know a lot of good stuff came out that year but this movie was written and directed by mark myers who hasn't really done anything else much but the story is by john derf Bechter. he is kind of an autobiography type thing because he was a real life friend associate of the jeffrey dahmer when they were in high school so my friend dahmer stars ross lynch who i believe most people know from the disney channel and probably the chilling adventures of sabrina on netflix alex wolf Anne haish dallas roberts and featuring miles robbins now uh i feel like none of you guys know who those people are <laughs> Alex Wolf. Wait, wasn't he from like? Oh wait, Naked Naked Brothers Band. Band? Yeah. Yep. Naked Brothers Band, Hereditary, and he did a few bit parts. He was in Naked Brothers Band. Yeah, he played. He was the younger brother. He was the the younger brother. Yeah. Yeah. Older one. The older one. Going back. I really, I didn't really pay much attention to Nickelodeon back then. I love <laughs> Naked Brothers Band. I had posters, CDs, DVDs. I was I watched obsessed. every episode faithfully. Hey. I can't lie. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get into Alex Wolf in this movie because I feel like he doesn't really get much to do until the very end. But I feel yeah. most people would probably know him from the Jumanji series now where he appears at the beginning and then uh, Dwayne Johnson takes over. Oh. And then, uh, so Anne Hayes is a pretty uh, great name. She plays the mom, Anne Hayes. Oh uh, she's <laughs> she's mostly known for the Psycho remake in 1998. I believe she plays Marion Crane. She's also in I Know What You Did Last Summer in a very small part. Um, I have no idea who Dallas Roberts is, but apparently he was famous. And uh, the reason I mention Miles Robbins, he plays the stoner kid in this movie. He is in real life the son of Susan Sarandon, who is famous for Thelma and Louise, and Tim Robbins, who we probably know most from the Shawshank Redemption. He's the guy that's not Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and uh, the reason I mentioned him is because uh, I becoming slowly obsessed with this young actor. He did a movie last year that I saw uh, called Daniel Isn't Real. It's a horror movie. It's great. He is amazing in it. He co-stars with Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. But they were really good in that movie. And then he I, I always forget he's in Halloween 2018 where he plays one of the friends. But so, yeah, that's just, you know, the round out the cast there. So my friend Dahmer is the haunting true story of a young and shy Jeffrey Dahmer in high school in the 1970s, just before he reaches his boiling point and becomes the notorious and most infamous serial killer in America. The film is based on the graphic novel of the same name by cartoonist John Bechter, who had been friends with Dahmer in high school. The novel, the graphic novel was published in 2012 and it is 224 pages long. Backdurf is now 60, and he was born on October 31st, 1959, in Richfield, Ohio, but he lives in Cleveland, Ohio, currently. A filming of this movie took place in Bath, Ohio, and in Middleburg Heights, Ohio. And, you know, fun fact, Walter is from Ohio, in a sense. I lived there for a very long time before coming to Tennessee. The scenes depicting Dahmer's childhood home was actually the childhood home, which still stands in Ohio. Uh, A while ago, I believe it was on sale. So someone out there has it. So that's the that's the facts about the movie there. Uh, I want you guys to kind of just give me some feedback here. What do you think? Honestly, it's kind of crazy that somebody who went to high school with him decided to make the movie. Mm -hmm. That's really crazy. At least, you know, like 
it's based off of you know true events it wasn't like it's fluffed or anything like it's it's real that makes it even weirder yeah (laughs) yeah most of it's real most of it most of it there are some things that were judged up for yeah cinematic reasons yeah i feel it either way it just makes the uh the story kind of flow better yeah yeah I so, think it's still cool how his like home, like his first home, is still there. Yeah, but uh, we'll get into that when we talk about actually when we actually talk about Dahmer. Yeah, but uh, before we do, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about important Jeffrey Dahmer facts. All right, so we're back, and we're going to spill out some Jeffrey Dahmer facts here. All right, so his full name is Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer. One, Lionel, you can tell his parents were crazy when they named him. Mm-hmm. I feel why, bad for anyone yeah. whose name is Lionel. Yeah. <laughs> is watching this because... <laughs> oh, yeah, because his mom calls him Lionel throughout the movie. It's just, ugh, I'm sorry. Lionel's and Gideon's world, I'm sorry. Ew. <laughs> Gideon? Yes. Ew. Maybe Keith. But... <laughs> Maybe Keith. So yes, Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer. And, you know, generally he is widely known as... I found it interesting. Everyone kept calling him the America's most infamous serial killer. And he was also a sex offender. Duh. Uh, um, Jeffrey Dahmer was born on May 21st in 1960 in milwaukee wisconsin so you know if you go back to our other podcast wisconsin i finally said it right this time is he a taurus (laughs) i believe i believe so yeah so interesting uh but he also lived in ohio which is where this movie takes place so jeffrey dahmer killed 17 men and boys from the year 1978 to 1991 he was known as the Milwaukee Cannibal or the Milwaukee Monster. He mostly sought after African American and Hispanic males at gay bars, malls, and bus stops. Zarya, can you back that fact up? Yes. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people actually thought that he was like, uh, like he was like had some hidden prejudice and he was racist. But in an interview, he was like, um, he actually found them the most attractive, and so that's what. Which is true. That's what made him go towards them. <laughs> yeah, I I remember like when you know when Black Lives Matter and stuff was happening when I was getting kicked off the ground. I remember like just seeing random cancel Jeffrey Dahmer uh, hashtags. I mean, like what? yeah, cancel the guy, but he's already dead. But for the reason <laughs> was how do you cancel a dead man? <laughs> yeah, but like the reason was is was people thought he was racist. Ago, guys. Yeah, <laughs> like his his ghost is not even around anymore. You know how long he's been dead? Like. <laughs> But he no, was they were dead before any of us born. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> so again, still canceling him. But that that the people Don't thought he was spirits. Yeah, people thought Don't he was racist. No, he just he just liked you know darker and brown skinned men. That's, yeah, he was attracted. Like yeah, he was like attracted to them, like sexually attracted to them. Yeah, oh, okay. he, he was also <laughs> drunk. Oh yeah, we're these. we're gonna yeah. Ooh. Uh, so yeah, uh, he would lure his victims with the promise of sex or money. 
he'd give his victims alcohol laced with drugs and then he would strangle them. Now, <laughs> this one's for Savannah. He also engaged in necro membering and disposing of the bodies. Why did you associate that with me? Because <laughs> <laughs> last time you were like, <laughs> last time when we talked about Eddie Gein doing it, you were like, oh no. <laughs> because Zarya's kind of like, whoa, why did I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm like, why? Why is this just for Right all glass. Just to clear the air. I don't have a thing for that. Just to clear the air. <laughs> No, 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 no. So it doesn't have just, a thing for it. It just really disgusts me. Yeah. Actually, you know, was... Um, he was trying to get close to creating like his own sex zombie. So that way yeah. that they're alive mm-hmm. enough to feel what's happening, but not alive enough to like stop him. Yep. Oh. So yeah, oh, that's... that's so yeah, whatever he lays like the alcohol the alcohol with, that's what he that was that was the goal he was trying to get. Oh, that's like, yeah. Kind of like worse, in a way. Yeah, he was very smart. Like he had trained his ears to like know or like hear when people were breathing. So he wouldn't kill them while they were under, but when they started coming out, that's when he would start to like strangle them. He he was very you know he was very thoughtful like that. I'll I say mean, that could come back. <laughs> that could come uh, from his military background. Oh yeah, he was in the military. Wait, what? Yep. Yeah, after his first kill of the hitchhiker, he later went into the military, and he was what a a doctor, I believe. I think so. Yeah. What in the world? <laughs> yeah. A doctor? yeah, he was an army combat medic. Yep. Wrote that in my notes. He was he was trying his best to forget about that time he murdered a hitchhiker. Yeah. Because he didn't murder anyone for like years until he came oh. back. I mean, that's how most serial killers are. Like, there's like there's like a down period, and then yeah. they spike back up. Real quick, Zarya, uh, what type of serial killer was Dahmer again? Was he he wasn't a spree killer like Bundy was. He was more of a uh I forgot the name of it. Do you know the name? Um, well he was a less killer, but he was also like a hedonistic killer. Yeah, yeah, there it is, hedonistic, yeah. But uh, continuing on here, so much like Ed Gein, he kept the skulls and genitals as souvenirs. Uh he often took pictures of the process so he could relive these moments later. And yes, like I said at the top of the podcast, Dahmer was also a cannibal. So Dahmer mostly ate hearts, biceps, livers, and parts of flesh off the legs. Ooh. I know, right? Like the tinned meat. <laughs> there's a there's a fun this movie is uh we'll get into it, but this movie is filled with like funny jokes. And I know I noticed like at the beginning where they're all at the table for the first time, and uh his mom like puts the chicken down on the table. And uh, Jeff goes, but I like the dark meat. She's like, no, give it to your brother. So, you know, oh, ha, yeah. ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of chuckled at that one. I know. I was like, ah. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so um, he would also hoard body parts. So I, I found this online. One. Yeah, I found this online. According to com. yes, uh, cannibals have always existed throughout human history. According to anthropologists, as a cure for overpopulation, a means of survival during a famine, or even a way to contend with grief, nearly every culture has consumed humans beings for some reason at some point in time. Uh, sorry, do you can you back this up as well? Is this true? Anthropology is weird. Like I, I took a class and we didn't talk about like cannibalism, but yeah, no, that's a lot of people had different ways of like combating 
um, population control and whatnot. All right. Also found that cannibals are not complete psychopaths. They eat their victims, or in the case of Jeffrey Dahmer, he ate his victims to become for like a desire to be to make like human meaningful human contact, but struggled to do so regularly within have like regular relationships. And they tend to ha- make extreme emotional attachments and suffer from neediness, feel really insecure, and have low self esteem. Which I don't see how that goes into eating people still, but I mean. You know, teach their own. Uh, um, eating their victims provided a sense of power. They would simply, you know, they didn't want to like, they didn't want their victims to leave them. Like, you know, they wanted them to stay, you know, or, you know, avoid that feeling of being abandoned. Well, damn. This is also why Jeffrey Dahmer's deaths were very quick and simple. He wanted to be as painless as possible so he could have full access to the body. Unlike, uh, you know, for example, Ted Bundy or BTK, where it was all about the torture and suffering. Mm-hmm. At least he was considerate about it. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on a Hallmark card. Bumper sticker. <laughs> Bringing that back. Uh, yeah, so... he was a bad guy. But yeah. he was considerate. <laughs> <laughs> he was nice about it. As he nibbled off my ear. <laughs> so, uh, cannibalism is usually a sexual act. I didn't know this. Um, you know, apparently it's sexual, but when they eat people, it's usually an act of where they're usually acting out a voyeuristic or necrophiliac fantasy. But as it progresses, it starts with like stalking, then drugging, then wanting to be with the person who's unconscious, and then so on and so forth. I I know it was, it's weird, It's, it's a whole like way of thinking. And Jeffrey Dahmer did go through each of those stages with young boys um (laughs) yeah so jeffrey dahmer was arrested in july of 1991 and he was sentenced to 16 life term a 16 year life term with the jury rejecting his insanity defense insanity defenses are very very hard to get because you have to go through so many things to prove that you were not in the right state of mind at the time of the crime like, you had no idea what you were doing, why you were doing it, how you were, like, you have to answer so many questions in order to get that insanity plea deal. I think, like, 0.8, like, either 1% or, like, 0.8% of people who claim it actually get it. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. It yeah, is. I thought it was, I thought it was easy to plead. Oh, oh, yeah, no, here I am going. I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, during his trials, he showed a lot of remorse. Like he was very, um, he you you can tell like the body language, how he was talking. You can tell he felt bad about what he did. Um, his insanity thing, his his I think his plea was like he couldn't control himself. That's what it was. So yeah, he was like, if I could have stopped myself, I would have. Like he felt like he had a lot of remorse. Which was very interesting to me because Ted Bundy was just cocky. Oh yeah, I hate Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy was just a maniac and not a very interesting one. He was just, you know, I hate him. But Jeff Dahmer, (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Dahmer was someone I always go like, oh, you just needed some counseling and you know some fried chicken. It goes back to the well. At least he was considerate. Yeah, like Shelton said, you know, it kind of does. 
if you ever, yeah. Like, oh, you're a piece of shit, but oh, I feel bad. (laughs) Yeah, if we ever get to Ted Bundy, you know, I'm gonna just be saying like, I hate that man. I hate that man. Like, but you know, Jeff Dahmer, you know, he's he was he was still a 15 year old boy inside. So uh, upon the investigation, they found you know Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment. And uh, Zarya, go ahead and give us your little fun fact about Jeff Dahmer's apartment here. Okay, so, um, like he, like like you said earlier, like he was very, he took photographs. Like if you Google it, you could you could find his photos. Like they're oh, out yeah. there. I saw them. Um, um, but his apartment number was two thirteen, and after like, after everything, because you know, like you know, like people obsess over serial killers, so no. Mm-hmm. Uh, the city of where his apartment was didn't want no one obsessing over it. So they just tore down the whole building. Oh, really? Oh, damn. That's selfish. Yeah, that's why I was like, it's, it's interesting that his childhood, like his home in Ohio is still there. But his apartment in Wisconsin is gone. Jesus. I, that's I was kind of, you know, that's kind of a little extreme. If you ask me, they could have, you know, you know what kind of money they could have got from that. You think it'd be more of a hassle to tear down a whole apartment building, too evict all those people like damn and you said it was 213 yes 213 i can't forget it because those six points on that test really helped me <laughs> darn here i'm hoping you were gonna say 217 because that's the original room number from the shining because that would have been awesome oh no it's well no close but no uh upon investigating jeffrey Dahmer's apartment you know they found a photo albums uh full of you know, pictures of body parts, and the apartment was littered with human remains. There were severed heads, and uh, they were in the refrigerator and freezer. Two skulls were on top of the computer, and a a, a fifty-seven gallon drum containing several bodies decomposing in chemicals was found in the corner of his bedroom. I hope those officers the- got therapy after that. In the bedroom, though, I know, like. <laughs> How? <laughs> it's like, well, I don't need this person anymore. Dunk. I would have had nightmares as an officer on the scene. I would have been like, can I be? Can I be a cross guard now? <laughs> no, I think I want to just... direct traffic. <laughs> <laughs> can I be a mall cop? Yeah, like, <laughs> give me a segue. I'm done with this. I don't think they had segways at that time. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on. Apparently, and this is a cool little story. Well, cool and sad, but, you know, given the state of the police, I can only, um, nowadays, given the the state of the police, I can only imagine how this story would do. But apparently the police was had been called two months earlier before his arrest about a naked, bleeding 14-year-old boy being chased down an alleyway by Dahmer. The responding uh-huh. officers actually returned the boy too dumber (laughs) he had been drugged and uh they they gave him back to dahmer where he was promptly killed and the two officers uh said that they had believed to be a domestic dispute and you know were later fired afterwards so you know those two guys suck at their job Mm -hmm. even if it was a domestic dispute why is this (laughs) yeah it's a like, grown ass oh, man and a fourteen year old. They're having a domestic dispute. Let me just add him back into the environment. What? Yeah, <laughs> it's the nineties. 
<laughs> Dahmer went to jail, uh, and shortly after, he was killed by fellow inmate Christopher Scaver on November twenty eighth of nineteen ninety one. So he was he was put to bed. Yeah, he kind of had that coming. Let's be honest. Not to say people in prison don't play too well about people that hurt you touch little kids. They don't play that in prison. Yeah, they do not. Um, so given given all those facts now, let's I wanna I wanted you guys to kind of give your, you know, overall reaction to the Jeffrey Dahmer and those facts I just gave. Uh, I think overall it's really crazy. Just the fact that like how he had his apartment set up is just how does no one notice like all of that? You know what I mean? Like I don't know. It's just crazy. I guess they just, like, I don't know, bringing all those people back, but I guess you just think that person's a whore or something. So it's kind of like, okay, well, I don't know. And then just, I'm really caught up on that um, whole domestic violence thing with the the cops giving him back. Like, just the, the fact that he was able to get away with stuff so often for so long is just insane. Oh, uh, when I first like, like going over the facts. Honestly, like this, uh, there's like just so much. It's like if this wasn't, uh, if that didn't happen, then maybe it'll be okay. But then, like in his childhood, like maybe if this was, if this was fixed or got treated, maybe this wouldn't have happened. I don't know. Just feel like this is been from the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a sad thing to say. But it's, yeah, it's just like it's a, like yeah, his story, his like his life, tragic. Yeah, it really is. All right, it's but at least a... he was considerate. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that's gonna be the croissant of this podcast. <laughs> uh, Savannah. Uh, so I actually didn't know a lot of that stuff that you like you were saying about Jeffrey Dahmer like I'm shook over here mm-hmm. um I I feel really bad for him but then again I'm like I don't like I understand that he had like a messed up childhood but it's like how are you so remorseful after killing so many like people I feel like I don't know it's just like a maybe like after you kill one person it's kind of, you know, it's like, well, I just killed somebody. But, like, for you to go back into that habit, it's, I don't know, that's just crazy. Yeah. But I'm, like, shook over here with the stuff that y'all were saying, like, the facts about him. And I didn't know about his apartment being torn down. Uh, I didn't know his house was still there. Like, I, that's crazy. And I didn't know that he had all that, he had bodies, like, in his bedroom and stuff. Like, I knew he had, like, he had um like pits of acid, yeah. But I would have never guessed they'd have been in his bedroom, and he would have had like hoarded body parts. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. It's like this week on hoarders, body parts. Literally, <laughs> is that a penis? <laughs> like it's immediately. Like, I didn't like... know that either. I didn't know he he um collected the like privates. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. I what? thought he just like I just thought he had the like, you know, pieces of them. 
Yeah, no, he he personally collected those. But was... a lot of serial killers co- like collect items or body parts mm-hmm. yeah. from their victims as like a yeah, like a um, like a trophy. Souvenirs. Yeah, that's what I, I was for a trophy. I just didn't know yeah. his uh, souvenir was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. So, uh, before we move in, before we take another break and move into the movies here, to the movie here for our second half of the podcast, I did want to say that. So, back in like 2015 and 2016, me personally, I had my true crime serial killer phase. Uh, I think I slowly eked out of it. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but I do remember when I got to Jeffrey Dahmer, he was one of the last ones I kind of like learned about because I kind of. All my life, I kind of just known that he was a thing to me. Jeffrey Dahmer was always like the punchline of a joke. Uh, he was the only serial killer that was ever like a punchline. You know, uh, growing up, I feel like the only ones I was like taught to like fear was like John Wayne Gacy or, uh, you know, whoever the hell the, the Zodiac killer was. But <laughs> oh, that's the next week. <laughs> but, um, Jeff Dahmer was always just like a punchline. Like I remember, I think it was like an SNL skit or maybe just a YouTube video where like they did the whole MTV Spring Break in ninety. Uh, it's like ninety, but so like every you know every time they had a guest on, it was like a celebrity guest. But in the background was Jeff. Someone was playing Jeffrey Dahmer. And they were just like licking their fingers and talking to someone. And at the bottom of the screen would be like, "If you see Jeffrey Dahmer, please call one 800 <laughs> And that was kind of like the punchline of the whole entire thing. So when I actually learned about Jeffrey Dahmer, I I remember feeling so like dark and like empty because the stuff like you really get into this guy's life. I don't remember a lot of what I was learning about. You know, I I just kind of have general knowledge now, but I'm really diving deep into this guy. And I just, you know, I'm not going to lie. I did feel for him a lot. Like I was like, you know, if, you know, like Zarya said, if things were different, this guy wouldn't have gone down this path. But like, I remember just like being able to just kind of sit there, close my eyes, and immediately just kind of shift into that into his mindset. You know, again, it's kind of weird given that I am an African American male, but you know, it was just like, I think it's more of just like the 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 need for like connection that he was searching for. But still, it was just. You know, I will say it was it was a very dark point when I got to Jeff Dahmer and learning about him. And now I kind of just I I don't want to, like, feel too much about him. But, yeah, it, it you know, it just kind of it just sucks. His, his whole life just kind of just sucks. All right. So we're going to take another quick break and then we're going to shift into the, to the movie. My friend Dahmer. I now present to you Jeff Jeffrey. For this time, Jeffrey. Okay, then I present to you Jeffrey Dahmer in his command performance. Out of the way, Dahmer. Dumbass. I wish I had a best friend. Jeff's a little off, you know? I think he's kind of hilarious. Hey, Jeff, do you want to come sit at our table? I think we should form a fan club. Woo-hoo! With you as our fearless leader, we can really disrupt this school. Everybody ready? And it's 
been difficult with your mother, so I moved into a motel. Take a deep breath. Are you okay? Hey, Dahmer, what's in the bag? You seem healthy to me. What about what's on a patient's mind? Talk about Jeff. What is this? You wouldn't know about the kids because you're not at home anymore. You want to talk to somebody about it? I see things in you that I don't like about myself. I want you to have friends in ways that I never could. I thought you stopped. Dad always told me what to do, just like you, just like you. I like bones. It interests me. What's inside? God, Dahmer, you are such a freak! He's not a sideshow attraction. You're just having fun, you know? Get out of your shell. You need to be more normal. I'm just like anybody else. All right, and we're back, and we're going to be talking about My Friend Dahmer, that 2017 film about Jeffrey Dahmer as a teenager before he became the infamous serial killer. All right, guys, so we're going to do what we did with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and just kind of briefly go through the movie with some notes. So um, I'll start by saying, you know, given that we just saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the fact that this movie begins with an opening shot of an armadillo in the road or just roadkill, (laughs) <laughs> make me giggle yeah. I couldn't help it <laughs> yeah I wish I was able to pick up on stuff like that <laughs> I can teach you I really can you know um but you know this movie opening up with roadkill is also foreshadowing and it bookends the movie because we start with uh you know a dead animal in the road and the movie ends with um you know Dahmer picking up his for who would be his first kill the hitchhiker but uh, so the movie stars Ross Lynch as Jeffrey Dahmer. So this is Ross Lynch. I believe this is his first project after he left the the show Austin and Allie. Um, I probably know the answer to this, but in, did any of you guys watch Austin and Allie on Disney Channel? Did not. I did. <laughs> I did a little bit. All right. I used to think he was a horrible actor. Oh wow! <laughs> oh yeah, he was honestly. He was but I thought he was the best actor on the show. Really? <laughs> on the show for sure. Yeah. I I, did I didn't not even think... care for the well. What's the redheaded guy's name? I liked him. Des Des was Des, cool, yeah. but Allie kind of got on my nerves. Allie yeah, was Allie. Bad. Oh man! Like I didn't. I watched the show enough to realize what was going on, and <laughs> Allie was the worst. Like. I don't know. I like the actress, but they kept switching her thing up. Like I know, like the first few seasons, she's like she has stage fright, so you know that's kind of like the basis of the show. But then at some point, she becomes the pop star, and it's like also like Ross Lynch's character is trying to like figure out how to like deal with that. And I'm like, wait, what is the show now? I fell off on that part. Yeah, it, it switched. When I up. watched it. She was just still shy. 
No, it switched up towards the end. But this is, yeah. I believe this is Ross Lynch's first post-Disney thing, which is, you know, in tradition of anyone who works for Disney, right after that contract is up, you go and do the wildest thing you can. Um, <laughs> yeah. Compared to the others, this is the most tamest thing anyone's ever done. You know, if you compare it to uh, Miley Cyrus or Demi Lovato or Selena Gomez. Because everyone else does drugs. He just plays a murder. <laughs> <laughs> Drugs, you know, nudes leaked or just horrible movies on ABC. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking I mean, at Selena Gomez also there. Disney though, ABC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they slowly eke out, but Ross Lynch ran after those Teen Beach movies and said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, nope." <laughs> and he went to go play Dahmer. Other than that, I feel like Ross Lynch is really good in this movie. What do you guys think? Ross yeah. Lynch was a horrible actor. He's always overacting on Disney, but this movie here. He is amazing. He's really good. He was. He good. was. I love how subtle he makes Dahmer. It like you can tell he he studied his speech pattern because he's talking that way throughout the entire movie. He's got like that hunched back. He, he looks dead inside. But <laughs> you know. But again, he he also keeps. I think because of his Disney background. He does keep that. I don't know. Maybe this is, you know, just me, but I feel like he keeps that. Like there could be hope inside this kid, like throughout the performance. Like there are moments where you look at him and you see, you know, if the right person comes along, this kid, you know, can be on the right path. Mm-hmm. I wish he would do more. Maybe he will because. Freak me the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I can see him in like thriller horror movies now. I'm like, hopefully that's his thing Definitely. now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, I mean, he's been kind of, you know, slumming it in uh, Sabrina. He's not the best character on there, I'll say. I completely agree. I thought he did spectacular. Like, even though I didn't really know much about, like, Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, I knew, like, he did, like, really good in this movie, like, acting-wise. He, was, he, he gave me creep, like, chills and creeped me out and did everything he was supposed to do. A plus. Yeah, good for Ross Lynch. Yeah, I did like it. it like, it really, the movie really depicted, like, that time, the time it did, the pity, it was really good at what it did. Oh, he, his acting's good in it, though. He is really good. He has some, he has moments in Sabrina, but again, the, the writing kind of does him a disservice. I do want to yeah. see him in more like independent stuff. He, yeah. He'd be really good, but I think he's mostly focused on music. Disappointment. <laughs> so, yeah, he does mostly music. So moving along here, you know, we, we meet, Dahmer gets off the bus, but we kind of get inside of his family. Uh, the gay designer with what Sarah Palsy is that what he had? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, you know, also, I want to say the worst designer ever. You go into a home and then you just insert a pink like footstool, that's it. You know, I, I was fairly disappointed. I think RuPaul would be very disappointed because <laughs> <laughs> that was not that he he has this whole scene and he's like, Ooh, we could do this, this, and then later in the movie, it's just a pink footstool that took months to be put in, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, Paul would been like session no. away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or even Tyra Banks. It's like you are not America's next designer. <laughs> yeah, no, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Yeah, but uh, you know, him being gay is, is made apparent because we all know, you know, whereas you find out that you know Jeffrey Dahmer has a latent homosexuality. Um, I do want to skip a little forward here because we, we start to see his life. Uh, like I said, uh, there's that dinner scene, but I think that's a little later. But we, we get into the school 
And I want to say, like, there's a stark difference between 70s kids versus 80s kids in movies. Because, like, you know, I feel like we're much more used to seeing kids in the 80s with, like, It and Stranger Things. Uh, you know, and they're always on these wacky adventures. You know, they're always got, everyone's got a purpose in the group. Everyone's, you know, they have a strong moral code. And, you know, they, they do the, you know, the most heroic things ever. <laughs> like, you got these 70s kids and, like, half of them are high. Half of them are really nerdy. And half of them have no idea what's going on. Like they just kind of get into stuff. Yeah, I just found that really weird. It's like, but like school now, honestly. Yeah, it's just you know, seventies kids would just get into stuff. So we we move on. He's in a science lab, and you know, we get a, a dead animal. And this is I found out this was also true. He stole one of the the dead pigs from his science lab and kept it. We like have this. Scooby Doo. Uh, That's when you yeah. said that. It reminded me of Scooby Doo. <laughs> you know what? Very close. If it, yeah, because yeah, they were just doing random stuff at that school. I'm like. <laughs> Wait, so, you know, this one person is just in the car as he's, like, walking by or something like that. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? Because <laughs> he's a serial killer. I mean, that's no different than, I guess, farmers taking their pigs and keeping it after they're dead and making it bacon. Really? Uh, put a silver lining, but I feel like that just isn't appropriate right now. Are any of, any of you guys noticed anything from the movie? Uh, before we move uh, further. His mom was the worst. <laughs> she was so bad. <laughs> He's just terrible. Oh my god. Yeah, I, watching that, I definitely was getting frustrated for him. And he just loved her anyway. That's the saddest part about it. Honestly. Coasting through. But, I mean, he gets, he gets better throughout the end. But yeah, his, his initial introduction, again, they're all at the dinner table. <laughs> and Mama's just... Like, she freaks out about her cooking, which, lady, you didn't cook anything because there's red all over this chicken, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, poor David, his brother, it's just he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> that chicken looked horrible. You're like, just fucking duck this shit out of her. Oh like, just do it. <laughs> and, then he, and then he just, just still loves her. And I'm like, ugh. I was I was more frustrated with the dad honestly because he was just kind of like she she says we eat our mistakes I was like nope I rather starve we eat the salmonella in this house <laughs> it was the seventies though um so a lot of this movie reminded me of a another movie the vibe of this movie which I think really works in making uh in telling you know the story of Jeffrey Dahmer of like you know. This movie to me has a mix between like tragedy and like you know hopeful youth or just like youth in general, but you know very much at the beginning of this movie and throughout it reminded me a lot of another movie called Days and Confused. Uh, it's a movie that came out in 1991, directed by Richard Linkletter. It's about high schoolers slash junior uh, high slash middle school students on their last day of school in May of 1976. And, you know, again, connecting back to our Texas Chainsaw podcast, the actors that appear in are Matthew McConaughey in his iconic all right, all right, all right scene. Mila Jovovich is in this movie as well, who went on to be in the uh, Resident Evil series. Ben Affleck appears. Parker Posey um, who appears. And there's a brief appearance by Renee Zellweger. So that name rings a bell. Who is that? We talked about her last week. She was uh, 
She was in the the one of the Texas Chainsaw sequels I told you about. She's the woman. I don't know why this came up. It's like you're not gonna. I don't know if you're gonna know this because she played a cartoon character, but she's the one that plays the woman on B movie. Oh, she does. <laughs> I don't know why. But I <laughs> it popped in my head that was related to. Her. Just brought up B movie. Anytime I think of it. Anytime I think of her nails, they were going like B movie. Oh my god, <laughs> B movie. Oh uh, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot more actors in that movie, but I just chose the ones, you know. Well, Matthew McConaughey does get a scene. Uh, I believe Renee shows up in that scene. She's walking by, and she's the girl that Matthew McConaughey's talking about. Uh, And I don't remember Mila Jovovich, or I didn't know she was in that movie after seeing it so many times. Now I got to go back. And, you know, any excuse to watch Days and Confused is a good excuse. That is a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, I totally recommend it. But uh, so yeah, getting back into my friend Dama here. Uh, yeah, like we like Shelton was saying, his mom is completely nuts. Uh, she's definitely mentally ill. I feel like she's what manic depressive with like an addiction. Uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't really figure out a diagnosis. Uh, definitely manic. Yeah, she was just all over the place, talking way too much. Um, uh, like I said earlier, the uh, Miles Robbins shows up as Lloyd Fig. And he is my favorite character in this movie. Uh, he's the guy. He's the kid that's always running around, going like, "Hey, you want you want to buy this?" Or "Hey, you want to get high?" <laughs> the creepy one, the one that just opens his trench. Yes. Oh my god, he is my favorite character. <laughs> Again, I'm just a big fan of the actor, so a lot of that comes from there. But this dude was insane. <laughs> Another, um, actually, uh, fucking hint at Texas Chainsaw or something that reflects it. He he pulled out that pocket knife. Showing everybody, then like cut his own hand. Yep, sat in like, nowhere. like the hitchhiker. Mm-hmm. I did kind of think. I was honestly waiting for him to die. I was like, when is before he die? Because he just, <laughs> he's just not safe right now. Uh, he probably died at home. If, if it, honestly, Jeffrey probably freaking ended up killing him at some point. I didn't feel like these two like had a. I don't know if this is a real dude or if it was just a guy for the movie, but um, I did feel like throughout the movie these two are trying to connect with each other or maybe they do and they're just like you know not fully realizing it but they're both really dark but you know um you know i like how they both have different emphasis on the 70s in how they deal with mental illness because you know jeff Dahmer, we know his story he is just a he a kid who no one paid attention to and no one saw the signs of his mental illness and it all, you know, it all stems from his family. It's, you know, I feel like most of it is genetics and uh, definitely his uh, background. But you get to this Lloyd Figs, and he does get one scene where he talks about his dad who was in war and came back and just started beating on him and his mom and threatening him. So, you know, we understand this kid is like not safe at home. So, you know, we never find out what actually happens to him. But I did kind of feel for him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so can we talk about uh, Jeff's spaz dances here? Oh, I, I can't because I've been waiting to talk about this. Uh, I don't know what was going on <laughs> at all. I was like, why are they making this kid do this? What? Why? Why? Why is he okay with it? Right? <laughs> what? <laughs> Can anyone explain? Because I, I, I'm lost. Like, these kids are picking on him. It made me feel bad just watching it. And it, my, my whole entire time, I was like, you know, sweetie, just stop. Don't do it. Stop redoing it. Yeah. 
Please stop dancing. It was weird because it's like, it was so weird and uncomfortable. They were like picking on him, but giving him a lot of admiration mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, so he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna keep doing it." Was it. So manipulative, <laughs> so bad. Yeah, it's so sad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, for context, we have you know Jeff Dahmer and uh, uh, John Bacter, played by Alex Wolf, and his three other best friends. Uh, one of which has the overalls uh, in every color and style, in uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. known to man. I don't know if anyone else noticed that, but like every scene, he has on a different type of overalls, and I it cracked me up because you know later they get to prom and he's wearing like a white overall prom tux thing going on there. <laughs> so I'm like, I, it was so weird, Savannah. It was so weird. Uh, I have to go back and watch this movie just for those like little Easter eggs. I know that um the, the his spaz dances were an actual thing he did. Uh, it's in the graphic novel uh, by uh, he goes by Durf, so I'm gonna just call him Durf. But uh, Zarya, did you learn? Did did you uh, when you were learning about Jeffrey Dahmer? Did they mention his spaz dances? No, we didn't. No, that was something new to me. I don't know why he did. There's no explanation why he did it. They they uh, you know, like in the movie, they just kind of went along with it and created this like fan club and a character, and they used him for pranks. Yeah. Is there any backstory on it? Um, like in real life, reality or whatever. Yeah, no, that that was it. Like in real life, it happened the same way. They were he he was all spazzes, and Durf and his friends went up to Dahmer and was like, "Hey, we can make something of this." And you know, they used him as like a prank. So yeah, later on, it does get very uncomfortable. It is probably one of the most uncomfortable things about this movie. You know, it's weird. You know, Savannah, you said uh, it felt like they were making like they were like bullying him and like making fun of him. I never really got that feeling until later on in the movie. At the beginning, it does feel like a, a big joke. Like, you know, it feels like mm-hmm. he does agree to it. So, it, you know, it feels like he's game. Uh, Definitely. But he was more naive about it, though. Yeah. Like, he was getting the attention. So he was like, oh, I'm going to just keep doing yeah. it. I did, I did have to laugh, though, at a hurricane drill. <laughs> when uh, they're running through the hallway doing it and they bump into those girls. And then he just like mm-hmm. keeps going, and he walks outside, and then you know we get the like of like a flash cut, but it was just hurricane drill. Do we have those like, in schools? Why would we have like why would Tennessee have a hurricane drill? You know, I didn't think that far. <laughs> yeah. Tornado drill. Oh, Walker. <laughs> we have uh, a boatload of tornado drills. Yeah. But why um, would we have a hurricane? <laughs> You know what? <laughs> Leave me alone. Why would Ohio have Wait, a... isn't the movie... Huh? I was about to say, isn't the movie, like, in Ohio? Yeah, the movie's in Ohio. So why would they... <laughs> why would they have a hurricane? <laughs> well, they're closer to, like, a bigger lake. I don't know how lakes work, but... You know what? It is closer to, what, Lake Erie? But, like, still, like, it's in the middle of nowhere in Ohio. I don't even know where. I... Yeah, they don't really specify the city. I believe it is uh, wherever the house is, which is, like, Bath, Ohio. But still, <laughs> I mean, with a town named Bath, I mean, makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, somebody was doing something right. Uh, let's flash a little forward here. Uh, we already discussed that the mom was an addict. We did. We get confirmation of that, and you know, she was in a mental hospital for a while. Uh, she started ranting to the dad about going back to work and you know her rights or whatever. But clearly, she is not okay. Uh, let's talk about fish murder. This scene, no. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, this scene was pretty sad, but still, it was kind of like, uh, well, we we see where he's get where he's going. I just, I was pretty lost when it was like, all right, now cut the line and set him free. It's like, all right, I'm gonna set him free after I stab him like fifty times. <laughs> yeah, he like. Yo, if I was his friend, <laughs> man, I don't know why that that wasn't like a red flag for him to like get the, get the fuck out, like run. Oh yeah, Durf and his friends are. They're not the best. I mean, again, it is the seventies. You know, mental illness wasn't that widely understood, but still, like you know, there's really something wrong with the kid when he does the exact opposite of what you say. <laughs> Let the fish live, and he murders it in front of you, and then just kind of gives you the you know, well, I want to see what's inside. <laughs> but again, no, the acting it Ross Lynch gives is just amazingly like convincing. It's like you're disgusted. But then you're also like, oh, he really didn't know what he did wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like Lenny from uh, of Mice and Men. Uh, well, so let's talk about this. Uh, this uh, the guy, you know, this uh, this sidewalk runner. I don't even know what you call these people. The jogger, I guess, in these uh, really small red shorts. Uh, that he, the yeah, the yeah, the uh, the doctor jogger that he's obsessed with. Uh, again, actual guy. The story goes, uh, you know, he followed this dude he watched them every day and then the one day Dahmer was ready to kill him he didn't show up and he never showed up again and that guy went on to live uh, uh, you know he went on to live there's that I always story. thought that was crazy because like if he had went to jog that next day lord knows over with his life is his life would have been over with mm-hmm. he didn't even know yeah. that's crazy to me but this person who decided to stop exercising <laughs> oh my god it would be funny if like he just spent the rest of his days being fat I don't even know what I was <laughs> I don't even know what I was jogging for <laughs> this is much better <laughs> oh. hey I know that kid <laughs> but uh what I thought was funny is that um we first kind of see him we, we see him jogging at the beginning of the movie but we, we see we find out he's a doctor through uh, Durf and his friends, and you know they're hanging out at uh, Durf's job at the grocery store, and Durf kind of talks to him, and then he goes back to the group, and Dahmer's like, "You know that guy?" He's like, "Yeah." And the funny little joke that uh, Durf gives is like, "He grabs my balls when I cough." Beat that faggot! And I was like, "Wait, huh? <laughs> you're you're calling it, huh?" The <laughs> joke didn't make sense, but uh, that's the that's the point. <laughs> feel like it's hinted at but it's one of those things where you just gotta speculate yeah here's a question for the chat or for the here's a chat for the chat here's a question for you guys uh does Dahmer have a crush on dirt honestly i'm not even gonna lie i didn't pay attention to any like gayness in the film really and that's really bad i'm assuming really <laughs> normally i'm very observant but I just thought he was just socially awkward and weird, not gay. Oh, no, he was... I, I didn't realize he had a thing for boys until the end when he picked up the hitchhiker. Yeah, um, oh, wow, you didn't know very. You didn't know anything. <laughs> yeah, the, the scene after... Well, a little after, I'm not sure how far after, but after the uh, grocery store scene when the dude talks about how he, you know, he touches balls when he coughs, he went to the doctor's office to get a physical so that would happen. And as the doctor's getting up, yeah. he sees that he's freaking got a boner. He's like, oh, I'm just going to walk away. 
that scene is hilarious to me because it's like, well, he's always he's also asking about like you know, what about a patient's mind or whatever, and you know, he's, obviously he's little a little hint at Dahmer asking for help there, but still, you know, he also has a. Of, uh, an agenda of getting, you know, getting his balls fondled by a doctor. Ugh. I mean, I feel like if I watch it again after this, I'm definitely going to see it now because I'll be paying attention to it. And I'm like, oh yeah, like I don't know why I didn't see that before. But I think I was just so like naive to the fact that I was like, oh, this poor child. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like was blind to everything else. Yeah, I I call that scene boner alert. It's it's hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, uh, you also get a nice. <laughs> you also get like a like a, a shot of like uh Ross Lynch's butt, so it's like that's Disney's ass right there. <laughs> Calling back to uh, that whole Captain America meme, but <laughs> favorite meme. I just thought that, that came he out went... of that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just thought that he went to the doctor after that scene was to like because I knew he was like kind of like obsessed, getting obsessed over him, like wanted to kill yeah. him. So I just thought that was like his way of getting closer to him to kill him, I guess. I didn't really see it as like a gay thing. Oh wow. So you thought he but was now that you mention it. So you yeah. thought he was ready to kill like right then and there. Yeah, I guess. Or just or just him like kind of getting cl- observing him more to getting closer and getting to know him more. Yeah. Like now like like he knows his running schedule. Now he knows his like work schedule, you know? Yeah, I guess. That's such an innocent point of view. I know, like (laughs) it's really interesting because I did have a question that was like, so when do we find out? When do we realize in this movie Dahmer is ready to kill? And you know, I I feel like it's really within the the moment later, much much later in the movie. It's it's when he is is tested twice. It's when he goes to the dog that you know that dog in the forest, and he's not ready Mm -hmm. to kill. But then it's also when, much later on in the movie, where we get that final scene with Durf and Dahmer. I'm like, okay, so now he's ready to kill. He just didn't want to kill Durf, at, or he just didn't get a he didn't get a chance. Durf got lucky towards the end oh, there. Man, so that's what, lucky. Yeah, that's where I thought he was going to kill him. Screwed. Oh yeah. I, I was like, oh, you. Done. I'm gonna definitely get into that You're scene much later. Uh, I did want to back up a bit and talk about Dahmer and Figs again. Again, I feel like they had like some kind of a kinship going on there. But uh, what I found kind of interesting was that so in this scene, Figs is, you know, uh, again, Miles Robbins gets the chance to shine. He is such an amazing actor, and you know, I feel like maybe this is might be his first role. Maybe not. I don't know. But uh. He he he's, he pretty much plays Russian roulette. Uh, you know, there's just this movie. This this scene has such a lot of little Easter eggs in here. Where one, you know, he gives Dahmer the gun, and Dahmer says no guns. You know, as we you know as we all know, or you know, I don't know. Did did Dahmer ever use a gun, Zarya? I don't think he ever did. No. So you know, again, a killer with a, a code for some reason, and then. Uh, you know, they play Russian roulette and Figs off obviously he goes first, he spins the thing and then he shoots, but it doesn't go off. And then he gives it a Dahmer and Dahmer walks away. Figs shoots it up in the air and then boom, there's the bullet. If Jeff would have taken that gun and said, All right, let's play, that would have killed him. Mm-hmm. So I found that extremely fascinating how you know we would have had, you know, you again, a death a death is a however you feel about it it's a death 
to me it was interesting like man what if that actually happened but uh so we we keep going on like zarya said uh, at the beginning of the podcast he drank a lot as a teenager he was definitely an alcoholic he starts going to school drunk off his ass and people are just kind of spelling him or whatever uh it's kind of funny because it reminded me of our school and how people were just high all the time <laughs> yeah. like i don't think anyone ever showed up drunk uh, at our school? Oh, yeah. About that, buddy. <laughs> um, what do you think they were oh, drinking wow. those water bottles? Why do you think the yeah, water dude. bottles were only half empty by the time they left school? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. My luck. <laughs> Some people were tearing that vodka. Yeah, I only know one person that did that. I knew more people that did that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I knew a few. Well, I Maybe I, I never saw it. Maybe I, I, just, wasn't, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I remember, like, a guy like took a molly in the middle of class by the time uh lunch came he was on the floor completely <laughs> gone and no one knew what was happening to this kid uh i remember yeah. i was in class i think i was in mr winter's class and this girl like she took a pill and then all, next thing you know all you hear is a loud thump on the table and she hit her head and failed i don't even feel bad for these kids no me neither <laughs> Just do it we graduated but uh <laughs> we graduated yeah so yeah Dahmer he was he was you know he would uh you know another fun fact he wouldn't be able to he had to be drunk while killing uh doing his crimes so you know find it interesting how you know he started drinking very early and going to school drunk you know we've all been drunk I don't think I could ever go to school drunk like I could barely pay attention as it is (laughs) you know I barely made it out as it is so being completely like smashed <laughs> I would, I would, I wouldn't make it. I probably wouldn't even make it to the bus. I'd be asleep at the bus stop. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like I'd be knocked out. Like he was, he managed to go to school drunk. I'm mad that I like, didn't pick up on this stuff. I'm, I'm just assuming that he was like just wanted to kill him. I didn't piece together any type of like sexuality in this. Oh, I'm just like, oh, he just wants to get. I'm like, oh, he wants to kill him. Something's gay. He wants to kill him. Oh wow. Ooh, what I also found interesting is that in this movie they, they they take a field trip, and so I feel like this is another again another hint at Dahmer's uh, homosexuality, where he is bunked with a a black guy named John Smith. I hate that name, but he's he's with this black kid, and you know this black kid goes and changes into I guess his pajamas, but he's just wearing a crop top and some sweatpants. It reminded me a lot of uh, Johnny Depp in A Nightmare on Elm Street. But uh, mm-hmm. he's also a football player. But like, so there's this long scene of him just like sitting there, looking at this guy, this black man. So I'm like, oh, so is this where we were getting a, you know, his his preference is kind of like cemented here. He his attraction to black men. You know, I found it extremely interesting here. What do you guys think? I feel so dumb. Oh my god, I, <laughs> I was way too anxious in the uncomfortable that whole time because i was like he's gonna say some dumb shit or he's gonna do some weird shit <laughs> he said some dumb are your insides this he's like your palms are lighter than the rest of your skin are your insides the same color as mine? i was like uh, my face was the oh, face the, the, dude oh God. Gave <laughs> the dude gave like the weirdest look oh god oh um, but yeah it's it was just so funny 
Uh, again, but though, like I keep saying this, Ross Lynch's acting, he was so innocent when he said it. Like he really wanted to know. I would have told him, like, you know, we both bleed, bro. <laughs> Just <laughs> I also found it uh another another joke at his future crimes. Uh one of the one of the friends he of his friend group before uh when they get into the their little cabins or whatever, he says, Hey Dahmer, we're just down the hallway. Knock if he rapes you. And then you know, in the future, Dahmer went on to go have sex with dead bodies. This movie is extremely smart. Like it's extremely like it's it's full of hints. I love mm-hmm. it. it. It also makes I feel like that makes a movie much more re rewatchable when you're able to pick up on things. Uh you know, I like I said, I saw it in theaters, but watching I this is my third time watching it because I watched it when it first came out on like a DVD and digital. I had rented it, so it, you know, great movie. Uh, so Dahmer ends up meeting the vice president. Uh, I had to look this up. This is not true. So uh, according to the Guardian, in real life, Dahmer only got to see Walter Meadow work, who was the vice president for Carter at the time. He never actually spoke to him, though. He never like, actually shook his hand. Yeah, that's the. I was like, uh. I was like, don't you feel dumb just a few years later? <laughs> you see what I'm doing there? Like he, you know, he kind of, you know, he takes it a little bit too far. But he tells, <laughs> he tells the vice president, "I'm gonna be a biologist," and then goes on to murder 17 men. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, again, another like joke here, though. <laughs> Dahmer wanting to be a biologist. <laughs> Uh, what also cracked me up too was that after the field trip, his dad has this really small red car, <laughs> and they both get in it, and they just look like they both cannot fit. Uh, from what I can understand, Ross uh, Lynch is fairly—I don't think he's tall, tall, but I feel he's fairly. I feel like uh, I don't—I didn't search his height or whatever, but I feel like he's a little taller than me. So that'd be a little taller than all of us, maybe a little taller than Zarya, but. Uh, so it was just funny seeing them in this car. But when you get that shot of his dad in the car, it reminded me a lot of the Incredibles. He's six oh, foot. Wow. Ross Lynch is six feet tall. Dang. Oh, dang. It was the hunch. Hunched over. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Again, he he's much bigger than me. Uh, uh... <laughs> now I feel bad. I, I just crapped on him all over, like, Sabrina. So now I feel like, ooh, maybe the I'm sorry. Hey, uh, I heard you were talking shit. <laughs> so, but yeah, you don't like, like my height. <laughs> you don't like my show. Walter, he's gonna be like, so your um, are your insides the same color as your palm? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it it did remind me of The Incredibles when his dad is just like waiting for him to get to the car and. He just... <laughs> <laughs> in the small car. Okay, so back to that doctor scene where he goes and gets a checkup. Another filmmaking thing I noticed, uh, you know, after he sees a doctor, he gets a boner. We we cut to uh, Okay, so there's a cut between him like <laughs> he's masturbating at this point. After that scene, he's masturbating, he's up against the wall, you know, he's he's full on spanking the monkey he's, he's going he's going hard and he's getting close and his mom knocks on the door she's telling him to come for dinner but he's like I'm, I'm not ready yet go away and he's trying his hardest and then you know, he just kind of stops 
I didn't. I I don't know. Do you guys think he he finished? Do you guys think he ejaculated or did he did he not? Not a question. I don't know. I don't know what that has to do with anything. No, no. Okay, so the reason I ask is because the scene. After he's, you know, the the post masturbating shame. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's angry at like why he was masturbating. Could be that, or it could have just been the um wall. It cuts to him beating a tree with a bat. So you know, it's that juxtaposition where he's beating his meat and then versus him beating a bat. So my interpretation of that is that he wasn't able to finish. So he's angry about it and he's taking it out by beating, you know, taking a bat to a tree to the point where it breaks. Like what was making him turn on to masturbate? I mean, it could be that too. Uh, I like there my interpretation. <laughs> around that time towards uh, homosexuality too. So he yeah. probably had some thoughts on that. Well, that's my thing. Like this movie plays it as like he was oblivious to all of that. Like he just didn't know his sexuality. He was just kind of like, you know, I like bodies and I like those bodies and I want the insides of those bodies. Like, that's kind of how this movie portrays it. You never really get a scene of, like... I mean, like, you get the doctor scene, but you never really get, like, a romantic-type scene where he's really figuring it out. Yeah. Well, there is that scene where he takes that uh, freshman girl to prom, <laughs> and, like, they're Ooh. dancing, and he's just like, well, I'm out. I'm about to go eat some fast food real quick. Yeah. That motherfucker gets her to go get some a burger and fries. I the funniest scene ever. Hilarious. So good. Oh my god, I love it. I said this motherfucker really just to go get a burger and fries. It's so funny because like it's so weird because it play, it plays like the scene in uh, Love Simon where Simon's kind of going. You, you get a flashback of Love Simon. Uh, Simon is at a dance and he's trying to figure out his sexuality. It was the first time he realized he was a gay. So it's also in the book too. But he he he's dancing with this girl and he's like, I have to pee. And then he runs off and he goes to the bathroom and Simon texts his mom. And he's like, We're drinking, come get me. But it's like in this movie, he says, I have to pee, runs off and <laughs> drives to go get food, and then goes into the parking lot of the, the school he's at and just eats this burger. So like he came back but never went back inside it's 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 hilarious to me so bad for her she waited oh she really did it was so sad didn't she like not even want to go with him in nope the first she's the fresh she was a freshman so she was worried about her reputation she was like man i don't even want to go with the guy and then i this is happening <laughs> i get ditched for <laughs> i be pissed too she got ditched for a big mac and so <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's honestly a movie. <laughs> it's so, you know, really quickly. I love, I love, you know, prom and movies are just always make me smile, especially in horror movies or movies like this where you know it reminds me a lot of Carrie. You know, especially in the seventies where everything just looks cheap and thrift. But you know, see, I have the opposite effect. I hate prom in movies. I'm like, mine's just nothing like that. Oh yeah, ours was bougie and unreal. Like, right? it was just yeah. unnecessary. Well, like here, it wasn't in a gymnasium <laughs> with a disco ball. No, there's no... and one of our classmates as the DJ. No, yeah. it was a, it was by a river. <laughs> like we didn't even have a dinner there. No, we had bougie appetizers. We had 
We had chicken nuggets <laughs> and lemonade. I was so we mad. Had, I didn't eat we before had, like, the like, abstract cookies. Yeah, like, no. It was like a cookie, hey, it was pretty good. and then it had like a little droplet with milk in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, no, I don't see no problem like that <laughs> on TV. Not one slow song was played. Like, yeah. Literally, it was like Panda. Yeah. So like, so it was just all the dance hits. Yeah. Some bachata. Yeah, they're right. They did play that. Yeah. They played some bachata for a minute. They played Panda, and everybody from they outside the ran inside. Yep, I was like, finally, there's a table open outside where I can sit down. Everybody's inside dancing the band. I was so happy. Mm-mm-mm. All right. <laughs> well, with that being said, let's get on to uh, let's bring back his uh, seizure dance. We get a, a command performance in the mall. So this is where I was the most uncomfortable with this whole dancing thing. Yeah. It really turns at this point because he's drunk. I think it's like, what, a Saturday morning? He goes to the mall and they like you know, he agrees to do it, and it's 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 played differently. The way the camera is like panning around, and the way the music's playing, like you can tell at this point he is just not okay. And these guys are not making it any better. This is so uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. It he just keeps going. It was just the fact. I think it's the fact that he just keeps going, and like people are just walking by. There's a part where he's on the floor. And people are just walking. I'm like, this kid could be having a seizure. No one walked over to go check on this kid. Right? They just walked past and over him like uh, it's a normal Saturday. Yeah. But then, like, you know, parallel with this scene, you get Alex Wolf finally doing, being able to do some acting. And you see in his face, he's realizing, oh, okay, there's something actually wrong. And we're, we're not, you know, we're not helping at all. He, he realizes something is really off about Dahmer and them making him do this is not right. So I did like this scene again, you know, I, Alex Wolf, you know, I eventually will get around to hereditary. I, I say that like every other podcast, but like, I feel like he's extremely, I feel like he's just as amazing, maybe even better than Ross Lynch in hereditary than in this movie. But in this movie, like Alex doesn't really, for being one of the main characters, he doesn't really get to do a lot. He kind of just sticks with this whole teenage comedy gimmick that he does in, uh, in Jumanji, but man, it's really in like the third half of this movie where he finally gets to do some like dramatic stuff, and I love it. I just, you know, I love seeing that little, uh, what six year old kid from the Naked Brothers band, or no, I either Ari Aster or Robert Eggers, but he's doing he's doing some big things, but uh, definitely a major step, it really is. I he he's he's directed a few movies now, he did one with Mike Epps not too long ago, he's he's done a lot. Uh, I believe he's he's going to be in Ari Aster's next movie too. Now being this like you know adult and he is doing some serious acting, it just makes me proud. There was also a Nigger Brothers Band reunion earlier this year, which was really cool. Getting towards the end of this movie, I feel like the best scene of this movie is definitely the scene between Jeff and Durf, where you know it's after graduation, everything is falling apart for Jeff. His mom left, took like his brother. His dad is like disappeared. He's at this house alone and he's just constantly drunk and he's just at his wit's end. And, you know, he's walking on the side of the road as he as he does throughout this movie and Durf picks him up and, you know, he takes him home and we get this really intense, dark scene of, like, this could be the end for both of these guys because Dahmer is going to take that step 
and Durf is not going to make it out alive. What do you what do you guys think about this amazing scene here? I thought he was going to die. I was like, oh, here we go. I've been waiting for this damn moment this whole entire movie. For him to finally kill somebody, but um, I had to pause it and breathe and then play it again. <laughs> it was definitely, like, extremely intense, especially when um, Durf offered him the drawings. And he was like, I don't want that. I was like, oh. Yeah, that hurt. Oh, that hurt my feelings. Oh, yeah. Uh, the scene is so so well done to me. It, it it's use of like darkness and shadows and how Dahmer is it, throughout this scene. He is constantly in shadowed, especially when they get into the house. I think you only see like his his hands, and you know at some point we kind of assume the his point of view as he's like following Durf throughout the house. This empty dark house handing him a beer and we really see like this is Dahmer definitely figuring out his uh his MO and how he will be able to like start killing people. Uh it's you know it's it's just it's a uh it's a very intense scene. But there's a there's a funny little moment in here during the scene where Durf says my mom will just kill me if I don't get home for dinner in time. Again, ha 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 hinting at yeah. what Dahmer does later on. Uh, I also love like the use of I said I like the use of shadows and stillness and this movie this scene gives off of what I love about a horror movie especially nowadays where they just give you just dark and dreadful feeling it's you know that's what completely uh, what Hereditary is it's what Pet Cemetery except that is what Pet Cemetery tried to do where they just really take their time but uh, yeah I just I just love this ending scene. Uh, and I like the way it ends too, where uh, you know we see we see Dahmer pick up the bat, but it's not until Durf gets to his car and turns on the headlights where he sees the bat. And you get this moment where he's just looking at it, and then he just drives off. So, uh, but it's like you know his his car kind of like hesitates to come on, and then the headlights come on, and he sees Dahmer standing there with the bat, and he just drives off. And then we get our ending with the hitchhiker. So, uh, any any thoughts on that? I, was, I didn't know the movie was going to end right there. I was kind of mad that I didn't get a murder. I, and I had talked to you about that too, Walter, after I yeah. watched the movie. It I was, was an, mad. It was an almost murder. <laughs> and I was like, why did I just watch a movie about a serial killer and there was no serial killing involved? And, but you were like, well, the movie's about Jeffrey Dahmer like, before he becomes a killer. Yeah, yeah it is. I'm it like, is. okay, well, he, he's still a killer, so I should have seen a killing. Yeah, it's definitely more of a drama type thing, but still, you know. Honestly, off of what Savannah said, I was so surprised he didn't actually end up killing anybody during the movie. And when it, when it ended with him picking up the dude in the car, I was like, oh, oh no. I didn't even get to see him die. <laughs> yeah, this is enough for me. I was I, like, oh, oh, he's he's dead. I didn't yeah. even see somebody die. <laughs> well, we get the fish earlier, but. <laughs> I, you know how I am about animals. Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> I'd rather see somebody die than an animal die. Well, most, a lot of serial killers' first victims are animals. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm so glad that dog got away. Me too. <laughs> was a beautiful dog, I, dude. I was like, I'm going to have to turn this movie off because I'm getting real sick and tired of this. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm getting real sick of tired of seeing these animals die. I ain't seen a single person die yet, but I keep seeing these animals, and I'm not okay with this. Yeah, it's a sad, 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 sad thing. All right, so uh, real quick, recommends. Do we recommend or not recommend My Friend Dahmer? I recommend it. Always, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would, too. And I totally recommend it. I think it's a great little small movie. You know, I won't say it's a great movie, but it's a great small little you know, if you're into true crime and stuff and you guys want to like chill out on a Sunday, definitely pop this one in or stream it. It's, it's kind of everywhere now. So uh, that's our show, guys. Thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks for having us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a, this was a fun little conversation about Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, you know, <laughs> continuing our continuing our uh, true crime July episode and uh just to you know give everybody our our usual outro here uh thank you to everyone listening for more of the murderboard podcast you can find us on instagram at murderboard underscore pod and twitter at murderboard the there you can ask questions and comments and feel free to request what you want us to talk about next in future episodes don't forget to share the podcast and uh you know share it with friends and family and uh, look forward to new episodes on Fridays where you can catch us again on the murder board. Mm-hmm.